we joke that we are the uh, the humble servants of of today's sexiest companies because outsourcing is is an incredibly unsexy um, part of the, the 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 process. Do you want to impact the world and still turn a profit? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to Growth Everywhere. This is the show where you'll find real conversations with real entrepreneurs. They'll share everything from their biggest struggle to the exact strategies they use on a daily basis. So if you're ready for a value-packed interview, listen on. Here's your host, Eric Sue. Today's episode of Growth Everywhere is brought to you by Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Single Grain covers services such as search engine optimization, Facebook advertising, Google advertising, YouTube advertising, content marketing, and conversion rate optimization. To learn more about Single Grain, go to www.singlegrain.com grow to learn about eight marketing campaigns that we've used in the past to help uh, clients grow, including the one that helped generate over 1,500% return on investment. All right, so today's episode is with Bryce Maddock, who is the CEO and co-founder of Task Us. And Brian has a lot of interesting stories to share, such as how he had to actually move back into his uh, parents' home for three years, actually, and you know, while he was trying to make the company uh, profitable, so uh, Taskus is a company that you know didn't really receive any funding, um, and he's also worked with his his co-founder, um, you know, who's who happens to be his, his best friend for for you know they've worked on different projects for over ten years. So I think there's a lot to be said uh, around that as well. Um, you know, Bryce's experiences, um, you, you know, the, the the company itself. I mean, they, they work with companies like um, Secret, uh, Tinder, so they work with a lot of cool startup companies. So I think. Um, there is a lot to learn in this interview, and I hope you enjoy it. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this week's edition of Growth Everywhere, where we interview entrepreneurs and bring you business and personal growth tips. Today, we have Bryce Maddock, who is one of the one of the co-founders and the CEO of Task Us. Bryce, how are you doing today? Wonderful. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. So, Bryce, you know the way I usually like to start these off is to hear a little more about your background, and then we'll jump into the company. Sure. So, uh, my name is Bryce. I'm uh, 28 years old. Um, the background uh, is that I grew up here in Los Angeles and uh, have been working in the last 10 years with my uh, best friend from high school, a guy named Jasper Weir. Um, we started in business together when we were 17 years old. We came up with an idea to throw nightclubs for high school kids. And uh, ever since, we've been uh, getting ourselves in trouble and kind of scrappily throwing together business ideas. Today, we uh, run Taskus, which is a BPO company that supports rapidly growing startups, companies uh, like Uber, Tinder, Whisper, um, and a whole host of other really, really successful startup companies. We've got 1,500 people between two offices in the Philippines. And basically, these are people who are kind of on the front lines doing customer service and, and other back office processes for for these startups. And uh, I'm uh, currently in our office here in Santa Monica. And uh, that's, yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm looking forward. It's uh, Friday, 4 p.m. Looking forward to the weekend. Um, yeah, pretty much Same it. here, man. Yeah. Cool. So in terms of, you know, how are, how are revenues today and, you know, how many, how many customers do you guys have? So I, it's so funny. I was at dinner last night and uh, 
Jordan Metzner from Washio came came by the table and, nice. and said he said why do you reveal your revenues in uh, in your interviews and I said because I have nothing no other number to cite because we've never raised uh, we never raised any money um, so revenues are great um, and I'll you know I'll do, kind of make the same mistake again here I guess this year we'll close the year with uh, over fifteen million dollars in top line revenue uh, which is up from just over six million last year so growing pretty pretty steadily nice. um, and uh, that's mostly due to you know a lot of the clients who've been with us for the last few years have, have grown. Um, so we consider ourselves very fortunate. We've sort of attached ourselves um, to some of the more successful companies of today and kind of grown based on their success. Got it. Great, man. So, you know, I, I've used a ton of, um, you know, a lot of outsourced work in the past. And yep. I guess, you know, I, I've used a ton of virtual assistants. I've used virtual staff finder. And I don't know if you're familiar with that, but, you know, there's a lot of different outsourcing services out there. So how does task us kind of defer from these? Yeah. So when we started, we were trying to be a virtual assistant business. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was six years ago. Um, uh, we sat down and, and we were iterating through a bunch of different business ideas. And the thing we came kept coming back to was um, we should be able to hire our own personal assistants. And at the time, Jasper, my business partner, and I were both 22. We had almost no money. And, and the only way for us to do that was to hire someone overseas. Um but but a lot of the models that existed, you had to hire someone full time, or maybe you had to hire someone part time, and you were limited to the skill set of just one person. And so we we started a model where you would send a task into Task Us, and we would then send the task out to someone who is best suited to complete the work, and you just pay for the time that it took to do the, the task. Um, so I still think it was actually a pretty uh, interesting idea, but it didn't work very well because what I found was you had to really develop expertise about people's expectations. Um, and the reason I could, having someone consistently work for you really was a, was a good model was that you, you could understand, um, you begin to begin to build a cadence with one another. You could begin to understand what, 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 uh, what that person expected when it came to, you know, putting together a PowerPoint presentation or, you know, what have you. Um, and so we, we just we basically for the first two years um, ended up outsourcing to like 16 different countries, um, getting back more or less mediocre work, working on it, sending back to clients, being told by clients that the work was more or less horrendous, uh, <laughs> struggling to make any money, uh, living at our parents' house way longer than we had expected. Um, so that was that was that was that business model, and and then two two and a half years into it, so about four years ago, we 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 pivoted the business and um and basically took the knowledge we had developed, learning how to delegate to people, and and built a more traditional outsourcing business. Cool. So does it, it, it sounds like you guys were more uh, it was more general before, and now you guys have focused it down to things like customer service and things like that, right? Yeah, I think, I think the one major differentiation was we used to focus on helping an individual. Yeah. And it was kind of like whatever you would have your assistant do. And now it's all about supporting businesses um, and, and, and really taking a full function. So either a customer service team or a content moderation team, a photo editing team, taking a, a full team of people um, and, and either you know, moving, moving that function from being done here in the States to the Philippines or in most cases building out an entirely new team in the Philippines to do, uh, to do that function. Got it. Okay. So the what is, what's the most popular service that you guys have right now, or what what are most people looking for? Yeah, so half of our staff is doing customer service, and so uh-huh. it's email, chat, and phone based customer service, and the other half do what I sort of call like back office, which is a grab bag of everything. So if you look at that specifically, um, a few examples are Whisper uses us to do all of their content moderation. Nice. So it's, 
so does Tinder. So basically, you know, when you're posting things on 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 a social network like Whisper or you know posting to the moments section of of Tinder. Our people will review the content for appropriateness to make sure that you're not offending anybody. Um, that's an interesting back office al- application. We also work with a, a, a lot of e-commerce companies. So uh, Hotlook, which is a uh, part of Nordstrom now, um, we do all their uh, photo retouching. So you know it, it, they're producing thousands of images every single day, taking pictures of models in their studios. Then they send them off to us, and we'll retouch those photos in Photoshop. Um, we also do all the research to write the product descriptions of what's going up on their website. So it's things, you know, it's interesting because customer service is kind of obvious. It touches the customer and, and, and a lot of people talk about it being outsourced and, and are aware that it's outsourced. But I think the other half of the business, the back office half of the business is actually um, the most fascinating because there are so many things that that most people, I think, don't really think they don't. You don't really think like, oh, a human being actually has to do that. Somebody, somebody somewhere in the world has to do that. And most of the companies we work with, they'll start by building a team of people in San Francisco or New York or Los Angeles. But as they grow, it just becomes unsustainable, and that's when when they come to task us and and talk about building a team uh, in one of our offices in the Philippines. Got it. Now, you know, you guys have these content moderation services and things like that. And uh, you, you mentioned there's like a bunch of like wild different services. So what's like the, the weirdest service that you guys offer? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so, I, you know, I think the most shocking one to most people is uh, well, actually, so transcription of images. So, for example, Expensify uses us to transcribe their receipts. So if you've ever seen uh, if you ever use the app to take to keep track of your expenses, most people think that a smart scan doesn't require any sort of human intervention, that it's just optical character recognition. But it turns out that a receipt is actually an incredibly unstructured piece of data. Um, and so TaskUs in the back end is actually transcribing that information. Similarly, we work with one of the largest um, wine apps. So there are these apps where you can take a picture of, of the side of a wine label and it'll be sort of stored away. You can, you can go back and purchase that bottle of wine later. Um, and most people think that's also optical character recognition. But we have a team of people in the Philippines who are actually reviewing pictures of wine bottles all day long and, and making sure that when you go back to order, you get the right the right bottle of wine. Got it. So you've gotten some pretty cool clients. I mean, if you've got some hot startups, you've got Whisper, I mean, you've got Tinder, you know, how do you how do you go about, you know, getting clients like these? So it, we, we joke that we are the uh, the humble servants of of today's sexiest companies because outsourcing is is an incredibly unsexy um, part of the, the 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 process but we get to work with some of the coolest entrepreneurs and some of the coolest startups so i think just being a really big fan of uh, what these these founders and CEOs have have built has helped uh, tremendously jasper and uh, and myself have gone uh, to conferences and to to meetups really pretty religiously for the last six years and, and have have made a point to always go up and talk to founders and, and ask them meaningful questions. So I think really, if you look back at our history, the, the first client that we ever got was a large uh, voicemail transcription company. And it was a very, it was a successful app back when people actually left voicemails. And, and that was just because I went up to this guy who was a successful entrepreneur and, and uh, kept asking him questions until he agreed basically to be my mentor. Um, and, and it's, it's, it's continued in that way where people who, who kind of see our enthusiasm and, and our success as, as being entrepreneurs ourselves, um, trust us to deliver 
on the sort of boring back office uh, functions in their business, and and uh, and I think that's largely the result. Uh, I think that's largely the reason why Taskus has succeeded is our ability to connect uh, personally uh, with a lot of these uh, very successful entrepreneurs. Got it. Okay, so let's say you know there's there's you know let's say there's a startup you know that maybe raise the seed round and yeah. they're looking to get the, the product market fit um, really hit that growth stage and and they need customer service help so. How much would it cost to you know get started with customer service? Yeah, so task us it depends on 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 the level and the location, but it's somewhere between ten and twelve dollars an hour, mm-hmm. um, and we require ten full time people. So it's our model has changed a little bit from when we started. Uh, the early days, we would take one full time person and and uh, and really be happy about it. Now. To, to sort of continue to focus on delivering really excellent service, we've found that we need to have at least 10 full-time people. So our model is a little bit different, right? Because every client at Taskus gets a American-based client service manager, and this is someone who will own the entire outsourcing process for you. So you don't have the headache of having to hire, train, and manage on an ongoing basis your your own staff. Um, and so because of that, we need that that minimum. But my recommendation for someone who'd be in seed stage, I mean, we've I've got a lot of friends who who have gone out and they've raised a, a seed round and are looking for a way to build a really effective customer service team uh, at an affordable price. And I think the Odesk Elance model is a is a really great option uh, for that. You can get incredible talent, people who are working from home in the Philippines. Uh, Philippines is a great option, but so so are parts of Latin America. Um, and I think the price you should expect to pay for for that type of work is more in the range of sort of four to five dollars an hour um so it can be really incredibly affordable and you can get great great service the one thing i'd watch out against on on and building a work from home customer service team is uh internet connectivity and background noise so it's really good for for email because it's not real time and you don't have to worry about a baby crying in the background or in the philippines the the one that happens the most often and i I know this from experience is the the rooster in the background um (laughs) So, uh, so you have to be careful on the phones, but 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 email is definitely something that you can you can build a team uh, on on one of those platforms. And then when it gets too big to manage, you can come to Task Us, um, and we'll take it over. No, I I totally agree with that because I you know I, I've had a bunch of VAs from the Philippines in the past, and it's just you need some type of client success person or some manager helping out, or else it's just going to fall apart. And I, that's happened yeah. to me too many times. Yeah, yeah we, I mean, so we, I. I we know only too well all the all the challenges that can come with that, right? Um, we had this problem um, probably a dozen times when we were first starting out because we were managing people who were working from home, and it's so frustrating because you'll get someone great and then they suddenly disappear or, or stuff like that. And so our, our service is, is is a little bit different. It's it's really aimed at clients that that have big teams of people that they're looking to 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 land in the Philippines and then or in another country and then really grow aggressively. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I think it's, it, those are viable options for, 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 for just starting out. Got it. Okay. So let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Uh, let's talk about you having to move home for a while. Let's tell us, tell us about that. So, all right. So, I mean, when I graduated from NYU, I went into investment banking, which was, you know, a, a very secure career move. Um, but probably the, uh, the most boring, tedious job I could have picked. Uh, so after a year and a half of making a good salary and being able to eat at some of New York's finest restaurants, uh, I decided to pack it all in. I said it wasn't worth it anymore and that we were going to start Task Us. And at the time, I think I had this illusion that it was going to be easy. Maybe not easy, but maybe maybe it was going to be fast. right? I figured six months of living with my parents would earn me a lifetime 
of riches. And they couldn't have been further from the truth. When we started the business, we, we started in my parents' house. And we were, I mean, we didn't really know what we were doing. So the first, I mean, the first year we made I think, like around $100,000 in total revenue. Um, but most of that you have to remember was paid out to the people that we had hired in these countries. So I think take home that year for me and Jasper was less than a thousand dollars a piece. Wow. Um, and there was, I mean, we were, we were at that point we were sort of, um, not even ramen profitable. So, you know, you, you, we ended up, I think three years into the business and still living with our parents. And at that point you really begin to question like, you know, I'm 25 years old. Am I going to be 30 and still living with my parents? And and that 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 became a real big challenge um, for us psychologically to kind of stay focused on the business to not give up. Um, and I think this is the other thing that happens is your parents begin to look at you and wonder uh, what is this what is this kid doing at home? And am I am I going to have a 30 year old who's living at home? Um, what made we, you not give up? Um. I mean, freaking one thousand dollars over the first yeah. year. If my, yeah, my yeah. Asian parents would be like, "What are you doing?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, that's. I mean, it was. Yeah, my 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 British mother was was pretty much this, like that as well. I think I think the 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 real. So if I'm being if I'm being totally honest, there were moments when I wanted to give up. Um, uh, you know, there was this moment where I I pulled Jasper aside and basically told him that it was time for us to to stop. Um, which is kind of, I mean, this is, it's, it's hard to admit now because you want to, you want to be the entrepreneur who, who always knew that they were going to be successful. But the truth is I thought we were going to be a failure probably most of that three year period. You know, you kind of go into it for the first few months. You're like, Oh, we're going to knock this out of the park. And then you begin to question and then you find yourself waking up every morning and, and beginning to really wonder. And I think, um, the thing that really made a difference for me was being surrounded by people who told me that I could do it. And so Jasper in that moment told me that, look, I don't want to do this if it's not with you together, we're going to, we're going to make this thing work. We're going to be really successful. And I had the same feedback from a lot of my mentors, my mentors, told me that, uh, that I was going to be successful and that they could see that I was going to be successful, even in those darkest moments. I mean, even, even three years into it and still living with my parents, the people who were around me, uh, continued to tell me that, that, that it was going to work. Um, and so I think without that, I, I think I probably would have given up. Um, but, but I was lucky enough to have people who, um, who believed in me and, and, and that kept me going. And then, and then you begin to make money and you get some traction and, you know, and now it's a happy, happy ending for now, I guess. But, but it, it was, it was really hard there for a while. Got it. And you know, the, the people you've surrounded yourself around, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, you and Jasper, were you guys both in EO? We were, yeah. Yeah, we were. So we, Jasper and I joined EO. Um, it was, uh, it was so, it was interesting because, you know, when we started, um, it, to get into EO, you had to get a million dollars in revenue. And so I remember that was our target, right? It was like, we got to get there. We got to get to a million dollars. And so we we called up the president of EO. He said, all right, we're going to get to a million dollars this year. Can we start the application process? And he, he said, well, but there are two of you. So, you know, I'd like to see $2 million. Um, so it was, it, it kind of, uh, deflated our, our hopes, but we were, we were able to convince them to accept us. And, and that's been a really, um, uh, a great organization to be a part of. Um, we, we both were in forums. And so for those who aren't familiar with it, EO is the entrepreneurs organization. And, and there is a, uh, a practice of meeting with a forum, which is a group of somewhere between eight and 10 other entrepreneurs once a month for about four to six hours in a completely confidential environment. 
Um, and even though my form has mostly moved on to YPO, which is the next step up in exclusive entrepreneur clubs, I guess, um, the, the form is still together. And so we meet once a month still. Uh, and these are these are 10 guys who know me inside and out, both personally and professionally, and are able to call me out when what I'm saying isn't true, uh, really confront me on, on all the challenges that, that, that uh, they see in, in the business and for me personally. And um, yeah, that's been, that's been a huge, huge help for, 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 for both Jasper and myself. Cool. I will. Um, well, you and Jasper, you know, will plus one, and I'll give it a plus one as well. It's helped me incredibly. I mean, it's it's, it's it helps you skyrocket um, in terms. It's just there's so many things you just don't know. Yeah, so. well, I think I think the other thing for us too, and this is this is something to recommend for you know for those who are interested in in either EO or YPO is the international side of it. Mm-hmm. Um, both, I mean, both both in the U.S. and and in other countries. So you know, both of these organizations have thousands of people around the world who are part of them, and so. For us in, in the Philippines, we had 150 of the most successful entrepreneurs in the country that we could call on, and uh, and that's been a lot of help too. I mean, they, they've they've been able to get us out of um, some sticky situations. Nice. Okay. Cool. Yeah, it, I totally forgot about the. You forget to take advantage of these things, but you know, there's 10,000 EO members worldwide. Yeah. yeah. And they can. You go to New York or whatever, they'll be there to help you. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, to show you around. But anyway, um, join EO guys. Um, so what is, you know, you guys, you guys, you guys talked about, um, you know, bringing in $1,000 a year each, right? Um, would you consider that, you know, the, the brink of failure or was there another point where you guys were on the brink of failure? Yeah. I mean, we were on the brink of failure for, for about three years. Like I, I'll give you another example. So this is, this was the first, uh, one of the interesting things about being in business, I think, is that as soon as you become successful, you run into a bigger problem than not making money, which is not having enough money to pay people. So I've been in this situation a few times, and it it always happens right when our our business is kind of taking the next step up. So one of the issues we had when we first got this big client was we didn't have enough money. We hired 100 people for our first major client. So we went from five people to 100 people. And when the first payroll came around, we didn't have enough cash in the bank to make payroll. Mm. Fortunately, I was in the Philippines at that at that point, and and so you, I had to stand in front of these hundred employees and say, "Listen, we're going to get you paid, but it's going to be a day late." And so we had figured out a way to, to to make that happen. I think this is 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 a is a really interesting and very important thing to note. Is as your business begins to grow, it's not about not not about staying profitable, but it, it becomes about managing your cash flow and making sure you've got enough money in the bank. And um, um, and so timing becomes a major, major issue. And so anytime your business takes this sort of uh, exponential step up in growth, which is what you're hoping for, right? It's the problem you want to have. Um, it, it, very often it can it can break a business because you actually you don't have enough money in the bank to to make due on on payroll and other sort of obligations. So I think that was probably the most interesting uh, instance in which we we were. Um, Maybe not on the brink of failure, but on on the brink of revolt in our offices in the Philippines. Yeah, you must have been pulling your hair out by that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, so you and Jasper, I mean, you you, know, you guys have been high school buddies. You know, you hear the Twitter stories where you know people are telling uh, you know Ev Williams, don't hire your friends or whatever things like that. So sure. what, what's your you know? Can you walk us through the experience of of working with a good friend? Because people say it's terrible to work with friends. <laughs> so I mean, I I would I would still say that that advice rings true. I wouldn't hire my friends, um, almost never. 
But Jasper and I are a different story, and I think maybe the exception to the rule. When we started uh, in business, we were we were seniors in high school, and we had a, a crazy idea um, to to first was to to sell these belts that a fashion designer had had been designing, and so we we were selling them on basically like on the in the schoolyard, um, and so that was our first success together. And we took the money that we had made from that business, and we went to Europe together that summer, and basically backpacked around Europe. And backpacking around Europe was was, was such a cool experience because for, for six weeks and just totally like crazy situations, hopping on and off trains and going to our first nightclubs and and just all sorts of stuff, we didn't we didn't fight once. Uh, and so that to me was a really good sign that we could we could get along. And Jasper's an incredibly easy person to get along with, but I'm not I'm not quite as easy to get along with. So the fact that we didn't get in a fight was a really good good sign. Um, and then. Coming back and starting uh, our, our first really successful successful business, which was nightclubs for high school kids, when we we, we did that for three years when we were in college, um, we, we we kind of unlocked this formula where uh, th- there was this demand from fourteen to seventeen year old kids to go to you know a real nightclub experience. Um, Drink apple juice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we had the whole thing. VIP was free sodas and energy drinks. Nice. And, and uh, and if you did it on, on a weeknight, the most clubs weren't weren't occupied. Um, and as, if it was summertime, kids didn't have school the next day, so it worked really really well. And so that that enabled us to have a, another success in our belt, which was really really fun. And um, and then I think we got into Tascas together. And um, and there there have been times you know, where where we had to work through some serious challenges. I mean, it's not all fun and games, um, but I think that the key to success. In any partnership, but particularly one where you're with your friend, is um, is communication. And so, you know, Jasper and I are um, are are very into the practice of like sitting down and just like airing: is there a problem? You know, have, have did I do anything that pissed you off? Listening to one another, trying to trying to deal with uh, with one another in as constructive a way as possible. Um, and so that's that's helped a lot, I think. Um, I, but again, I'd still give the advice. I wouldn't get, I would not get into business with friends unless you have seriously tested the relationship and traveling together for an extended period of time is one good way to do that. Yeah. That's, that's what they say. You know, you should even, uh, even with your girlfriend, you should travel before you get married. Well, yeah. My, my mom said that my mom and my dad said that to me when I was in high school, They're like, listen, when you do find the one, you should go travel together for, for a while. And, um, in my case, I guess I did that with Jasper instead of <laughs> cool, man. Um, what's one piece of advice you'd give to your 25 year old self? Mm, 25 year old self. So that was three years ago. Um, I mean, I would, I would have said, cause that was kind of that, that moment where we were just on the brink of success, but thinking about giving up cause it had been such a long time. I would have, I would have said, stick with it. It's right around the corner. You're going to make it. Um, one, one of the things that was crazy is, you know, I kept on doubting the the business model um, because the business model wasn't succeeding. We weren't growing. It was it just wasn't working. And so, you know, I kept on thinking like, okay, like we should throw in the towel on this business idea and completely and just go do something else. You know, start another right, start another business. And and what that actually didn't turn out to be the case. What turned out to be the case was we we needed to apply the lessons we had learned trying to start this virtual assistant business and just pivot the business. Um, and that that was. That was that was what ultimately made us successful. So I think tenacity, persistence, stick with it. You know, it's um, it's it's I, those are all kind of 
you know, overused terms, but they're very, very true. I mean, it's, it's generally the people who succeed are the ones who are around after everybody else has given up. Yeah. I mean, you got to be hard skinned to stick it through for, for three years. So, so props to you. I mean, Thank they you. always say, you know, to really get there. I mean, the most people quit right before you're about to, you know, hit that hockey stick, right? Yeah, I, grow. totally. Totally. Well, what's one productivity hack you can share with the audience? I'm I'm incredibly unproductive, so none of my none of my productivity hacks would would be good. I so I'll tell you what I what I tried to do in the beginning of this year. One of the things I find myself I like I have this like chronic addiction, like an ADD addiction to just going onto Facebook or going onto a social network or ending up on a social site or, or a news site, and just like 15 minutes later, I find myself in this like black hole of content that's totally worthless, um, but just distracting me from doing what I actually need to do. So. I installed this uh, this plugin on my my Google Chrome browser, which blocks uh, like the TechCrunch, Recode, Wall Street Journal, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn of the world, so I can't distract myself. Um, I mean, it was it was helpful until I you know just installed Safari on my computer and and, and found a backdoor <laughs> in. But uh, but that's that's helpful. I think I mean I think setting aside blocks of time where you say, listen, for the next hour, I'm going to really sit down and focus on on hard work. Um, you know, I don't. I don't have any really tips or tricks. I, I kind of do everything the old-fashioned way, I guess. Cool. And what's that plugin called? Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna find it for you. So keep keep asking me questions. I'm gonna let me look 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 here. I'm gonna. I'm do you gonna think it's called? Attention. Is it stay focused? No, but that's. I guess that's probably another one. You do you use that one? I used it, but then I just go incognito. So In, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that's the problem. So oh, this one is called Block Site. Okay. Stay focused and let Block Site automatically blocks websites of your choice. Best. For a procrastination problem. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Yeah. All right. What's one must-read book you'd recommend to the audience? Uh, the hard thing about hard things. That's number is, fifteen. You are the fifteenth guy to recommend it on this. Really? <laughs> that is the best book for entrepreneurs, hands down. The hard thing about hard things is is incredible. And then for a non-business book, Shantaram. It's a thousand pages. I've never read a, a, a book that's a thousand pages. It's the only book I've ever read that's a thousand pages. It's awesome. Shantaram is is uh, that that was a, a book that actually helped me get through um, the sort of like three years where we didn't make any money. How do you spell uh, How do you spell the last name? So Shantaram is S H A N T A R A M. I'm dyslexic, so just forgive okay. me if I'm. Uh, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll, yeah. we'll put it in the show notes. Cool. Yeah. So I'll, I'll have to check that one out, and I'm assuming that's some kind of biography. Yeah, it's an it's a novel, but it's loosely based on uh, this guy's life. Okay, um, and it's just phenomenal. It's a great book. Great. So, what's what's the best way for for people to find you online? Uh, I'm on uh, Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on LinkedIn. And the best way to communicate with me is just email me Bryce at Taskus.com or. If you're lazy, too lazy to do that, just be at taskus.com. <laughs> I had a so this is a great one. So you know, I think you you got your email, and everybody's everyone's always like, well, you know, like if you're a founder, you should have a really short email. So one of my buddies who uh, is the founder of Ring Doorbell, which is a video doorbell, Jamie Simonoff, he's got J at ring.com, and so I was like, oh, I got to get a B at at taskus.com. And then we we just started hiring all these senior execs because we're growing really quickly. And so one of the guys who came over from Expedia was like, oh yeah, I never take any seriously who has a first name email i'm like well, why he's like well because clearly the company is so small if you can have a first name email then your company's small so now, oh. now 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 i'm now i'm rethinking that i'm thinking maybe we're going to have to do like be maddock2 at taskus.com but for now it's just be at taskus that's interesting 
Yeah. I'm going to have to do something there. Yeah. Well, so when you're, when you're prospecting into big companies, make your email long and cumbersome, I guess. <laughs> cool. So everyone, this is Bryce Maddock from Task Us. If you ever need outsourcing help and you guys are a little bigger than a, than a seed stage startup, these guys are the guys to reach out to. So Bryce, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. If you're interested in growing your revenues online and you're tired of ho-hum agency work, then it might be time to check out Single Grain. Single Grain is a digital marketing agency ran by yours truly that has helped venture-backed startups to Fortune 500 companies grow their revenues online. Check out Single Grain at www.singlegrain.com grow to get a free resource on eight marketing campaigns that we've used to help companies grow their revenues online, including the one that drove over 1,500% return on investment. Thanks for listening to this episode of Growth Everywhere. If you loved what you heard, be sure to head back to growtheverywhere.com for today's show notes and a ton of additional resources. But before you go, hit the subscribe button to avoid missing out on next week's value-packed interview. Enjoy the rest of your week and remember to take action and continue growing.